Greetings all. Welcome back to the Coptimizer podcast. As I say every time, I've got another exciting guest here. And I mean it every time. So <laughs> I got Corey Joslin from Louisiana down in Bayou Country. In uh, we're going to talk about his inspirational journey into weight loss. And uh, there's uh, for those CrossFitters out there, you're probably familiar with the with the digital magazine, the Morning Chalk Up. There was recently an article in there, a write up about Corey from uh, Emily Beers, the writer, and uh, caught my attention. Of course, anytime anytime I read about cops and especially cops that are doing great things, uh, warms my heart, especially when I see it's something around uh, nutrition, performance, uh, all the stuff that we love to talk about on the Coptimizer podcast. Corey, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. So uh, where where are you in Louisiana? Um, South, South Louisiana, say South Central, I guess. Um, it's about... 10 minutes from Lafayette, uh, about 45 minutes from Baton Rouge, uh, in Broke Bridge, Louisiana. And he said Lafayette. And that's yeah. good because <laughs> I'm from Lafayette. Lafayette. Yeah, some people call it La- Lafayette over here. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're, you'll be the first, gir- the, the first guest from Lafayette, but not the same Lafayette. And uh, right. we, you know, when we had, when we got on the, when we got on a call last week to chat a little bit, it's kind of funny because, you know, I'm a, I'm a retired chief from Lafayette, Indiana PD. And, uh, you know, throughout my whole career, we there were oftentimes we would get dispatched to calls. Uh, you could always tell if you had a new dispatcher because they would dispatch you to a call on a street that you knew didn't exist in our Lafayette, but we knew it would, existed in Lafayette, Louisiana. So we we're like, <laughs> hey, dispatch, I think you need to call that person back. <laughs> let, oh, them know they, let them know they've got the wrong Louisiana. Um mm-hmm. But it didn't happen that often, but it happened en- often enough that we knew. Same thing, right. Lafayette, Colorado, Lafayette, California, but I digress. Yeah. <laughs> so um, how how long have you uh, been in law enforcement? Uh, going on 16 years. Um, I started in 08. I started in corrections, did that for about two years, went to the Post Academy in 2010. Um, went to patrol for about a year and a half, then got, uh, into the canine division, did that for like nine and a half years, uh, was canine supervisor. And then, um, I moved to investigations about two and a half years, I guess. Right on. What, uh, what kind of work are you doing now in, uh, investigations? Oh, uh, it's pretty much. All of the above. <laughs> we don't have a certain um, sector, I guess you could say. We all work different cases, homicides, property, persons, crime. It's all mixed together, frauds. So uh, we just share the cases that, that come to us. You started in 2008, but you you did not um, start as a young man in law enforcement. You right. actually um, came, I, I believe you told me you were a machinist by trade. Right. And that's what you were doing uh, prior to policing. And, yeah. Uh, and then it's the same, it's the age old story, right? You met a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fell in love, moved out here. and The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're still married to the same girl, right? 
Right, right. Okay, because we could have that could be a different same old story in law enforcement, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, Which is, I, I make light of it. You know, it's not necessarily a something oh, yeah. to be proud of. It's just it is a uh, a, a hazard of the profession, though, in shift right. work. But it's not the only hazard of the profession, and that's kind of that's really about what we wanted to talk about today. Is kind of uh, really your journey. Um, when I uh, when I picked up the morning chalk up, I sh- can't say I picked it up, but when I opened it up and um, I saw the picture of you in your open T-shirt, um, got your hey dudes on. And uh, <laughs> what really caught me was you're standing in the section of cognac <laughs> so yeah. in that in that picture that they put uh, put online. But um, your story, it caught the attention of a, of this writer from the Morning Chalk Up. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. I commented on a, um, a YouTube um, video, and I'm, she has seen a video, so she reached out to me um, by email. And um, so I emailed her back, and uh, we did like a, 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 on a, um, a phone interview. Um, it was about, I guess, about an hour. And she just kind of asked me some questions, you know, um, what, made me, what made me decide to get into CrossFit, this and that. And uh, and I, I told her everything, you know, from the beginning. And she uh, she felt that it'd be a good a good article. So she uh, released it and went from there. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, I'm glad she did. And, and I have to agree. I do think it was it was a great article. Um, so in that, you know, it says um, we 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 might have skipped ahead a little bit, but you're you're not a you're not a small man, right? Six four, six four, and it says in the article you hit four hundred and nineteen pounds. Right. That was uh, I think that's the heaviest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> Well, how big how big were you when you started in policing in two thousand and eight? Do you remember? Um, I guess about three twenty, three thirty. I mean, I was I was still a bigger guy, you know. It's just um, I guess over the years I just got complacent and you know <laughs> just put on the weight. Well, and, and you know that's kind of something I wanted to t- uh, talk a little bit about, you know. And we chatted, a, a, you know, somewhat about this on uh, on our our pre-interview call, but there's a joke that it goes around all the time, you know, the cops and donut thing. Mm -hmm. And some of them are funny, you know, you got to admit, but (laughs) it, it's not donuts that make cops overweight. Um, So I guess if you ate too many of them, it could, it could sure be a contributing factor, but it's what I, I like to really highlight is, is the educational opportunity one uh, that surrounds stories like yours, because uh, getting overweight, gaining a hundred pounds, it sounds like you gained about a hundred pounds during your policing career. And and I'm sure it didn't happen overnight. It was probably one of those things that you start at a a weight. You're probably fairly athletic, uh, even for a big guy, probably pretty fit, able to do the things that you need to do in the policing profession. And then, and then you and then you start the job right after you get out of training and you uh, you're in a patrol car and you're working probably. Uh, how long did you work the night shift when you when you started working in patrol? 
and seen about two or three years, I would have to guess, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, for sure, three years uh, consistently nights. And more, the other new guys, uh, they start up at night. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> yeah. how, that's how it goes. Yeah, I mean, for those those of us in in the profession, we know that that's yeah. Know, yeah, I mean, it's a rare, rare exception when somebody doesn't get pushed to the night shift for a lot of reasons. One, your your members of the department that are more senior that have more seniority are probably going to get you know get bumped to day shift. Right. Um, a more palatable schedule for uh, just overall. Uh, wellness and disposition, but I, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of patrol officers like to work nights. I was, I was probably one of the weird ones that I always wanted to work nights. I, I never wanted to work day shift. I just loved the work at night. Um, and it was one thing I started when I was 27, I had been in the military, I'd worked military police. And then in college, I was a bartender and managed a restaurant. So I, I did a lot of shift work, even in college yeah. and out, out of the service. So for me, shift work was just really kind of all I knew. And I've told this story before, but it wasn't until 12, 13 years into working these these night shifts where it really caught up with me. And I was mm -hmm. pushing 40 years old and, you know, or actually eclipsing 40 years old and, and still on nights and married and then three kids um, and all their activities and that. Wow, that's that's a tough thing. So you're working. So you were working the road, and then uh, and then you picked up a canine, um, and that's you know that's a lot of responsibility. What kind of, what kind of dog did you have? Dutch uh, Shepherd. Oh, just a straight Shepherd, not a Belgian Malinois, or no? He was a, he was a Dutch Dutch Shepherd, uh, oh. like a Tiger Stripe Brendel, I guess you could say. Nice. Yeah. He was nice. like um, he was fairly young when I got him. He was. Whenever I went to through the handlers course, he was a year and a half old. Normally, they, they typically they they start around two years old when they try to put him with a handler. But he was he was about a year and a half. I guess he uh, progressed quicker than the rest. So, um, and I had him nine nine and a half years, so long time. <laughs> well, yeah, he was a uh, dual, dual purpose. I'm sorry. Oh, he nice. Was dual purpose. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, and then where where you live down there, you know, you're not far off the I-10 corridor, so I'm sure, I'm sure you guys were you kept your dogs pretty busy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, so you you uh, spend nine years working with the dogs, your canine supervisor, and then and then you start an investigations. At at this point, um, what was you what was your overall health and wellness like when you start when you went to uh, from uh canine into investigations did you did you notice a difference at that point oh yeah um i i gained i gained a lot of weight um not not where i was when i started crossfit but I uh yeah i put on some weight i just it just got complacent you know like the job and just like you said you know working crazy hours and um a lot of downtime in the units, you know, it just wasn't real active, I guess. And a lot of times people think that police officers, uh, once they're at work, are very active. And I would say that it can be true in a patrol environment. But really, even there, most of your time is spent getting in a car and driving from point A to point B, getting out of a car, getting back in your car and 
we we spend a lot of time uh, being sedentary, and right. then on and then on top of that is the and I'll just give a, a high level uh, overview of the physiological processes and what happens to cops. And I think this is where hopefully people that are listening um, that are kind of thinking about, well, maybe, maybe I should think about getting my blood tested. Maybe I should think about starting an exercise program. Maybe I should start thinking about a nutrition program. Uh, If you're, if those thoughts are creeping into your mind, uh, the answer is yes. Yes, you should do that. You should do all of the above. because in policing, the it's it, you know, depending on which studies you look at, right? Anywhere the average lifespan uh, of a police officer, of a male police officer, is anywhere from eighteen to twenty-three years below the national average, meaning that we have very early mortality rates. Um, and the number one, the number one thing that gets us is cardiovascular disease, um, and then and sadly, number two is suicide right now. Um, that's it. It, it takes more officers every year than uh, felonious gunfire. And for those that think maybe there's no connection there, um, you know, I, I want you to rethink that. And there's a lot of really good science. I think uh, the work of Dr. Chris Palmer is, I think, really starting to illuminate what many people have suspected for a while now, that the 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 metabolic disorders that are prevalent, not just in America and in most of Western countries, they're, they're pretty damning. And for those of us that are in law enforcement, uh, there's even an added, there's even at, you know, some added risk factors because of some of these factors. And, And again, it starts with what we talked about earlier. You're not, you're working nights. So now you're working shift work which means you're working against your natural circadian rhythms. Uh, human beings aren't designed to stay up all night. Uh, they're designed to sleep at night. Our physiology does not like it when we when we mix these things up. But policing is a 24-7 business, right? Unless it's different down there. Do you guys get to go home at six at night and shut up, shut down the police department? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> investigations we do, not patrol, <laughs> patrols uh, around the clock. So... Uh, my my division, yeah, but unless we uh get caught out, but you know, normal days it's four thirty, so not too bad. Yeah, well, we won't even get into that conversation, right? About how <laughs> detectives don't do anything. Yeah, you know, the patrols the backbone of the police department. Oh, they're, yeah. they're out there doing all the heavy lifting. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm sure it's different down there, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, not much, but <laughs> yeah. So, so. I, th- I think for people, if you've never worked shift work, it's a it's a difficult thing to explain. And when you depending. So what a uh, quick question. Does your agency, your patrol division, they work 12s, 10s, eight hour shifts? What do they work? Well, it's like a two, three split, like two days on, off two days, three days on, off two, two days on and off threes. Yeah. So and I think. Days. And that's and that, that's pretty consistent, I think, for those agencies that work twelve-hour shifts. And um, but what people don't necessarily understand is that a twelve-hour shift really means a fourteen-hour commitment, at right. a minimum. You know, unless unless you're stuck with paperwork, uh, you make a later rest, or you know, you've had a busy shift. Uh, a twelve-hour shift could easily become a fourteen, sixteen, eighteen-hour shift. 
Right. And now you got to now you go go get rest and and come back. And the reason the reason that is is because you're if it's a typically people work like five p to five a, six p to six a, seven p to seven a. But you got to get to work early so you can you know get your gear done. Maybe some agencies if you're you know have take home cars or you're working more rural areas. Sometimes people go 1042 right from their driveway, right? They go in service right from the driveway. But most agencies, you're going into your headquarters building. So you got to get there. Uh, you got to get geared up. You've, you know, emotionally, you know, mentally, you're kind of, you change gears from being at home to getting ready to go to work and getting, uh, getting ready for your shift. And that's, that's usually an hour. And then it's, it's generally the same thing when your shift ends, then you got to make sure all your paperwork is done. You got everything buttoned up before you before you head home, because if you don't, your phone your phone will ring in the middle of the day, right? <laughs> <laughs> where's so and so? Yeah, where's yeah. this report at? Yeah. yeah, where's the report? Hey, where's this? Where's this arrest guard? You know, uh, all of the all the little things that that people just don't think about, but that's that's one of those things that keeps cops up during the day when they're trying to sleep or it interrupts their sleep. Yeah. Right. So so on top of shift work and working odd and sleeping odd hours. Now you're getting interrupted in those, in those odd hours when it's hard enough to sleep as it is. Right. So then you think about, okay, well, what, what does an average patrolman do every night at work? Um, they're not going to, you know, have coffee with Mrs. Jones. You know, maybe, maybe sometimes they get to do that. People aren't calling them up and say, Hey, come have a visit with me. I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you and how much I love you. Um, <laughs> It's it's usually a little bit of a little bit of a different story. Uh, mm -hmm. You're running from emergency calls, car accidents, you know, felonies in progress. It, you know, you're more mundane calls for service. So it's it's really a roller coaster ride every night. You know, some nights uh, more than others. But if you're in a busy agency, you could be experiencing five to ten adrenal dumps every night, where you, where your heart rate's up, everything's you're you know you're emotional state of readiness is elevated. You know, we're talking about, you know, your parasitic sympathetic nervous system here, but um, that's, that's a, a lot of stress on the body. And what does that do that elevates your cortisol? If you're, you're already tired or you're you know, because you work in shift work already. Uh, are you a coffee drinker? I try not to be. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, um, what was, about soda? No, I cut that out. Uh, I, I'm it's more energy energy drinks than uh coffee so but I'm trying to stay away from that too so <laughs> yeah well you know energy drinks are the new generation's coffee um right, they, right, right. And, you know and oh man I could talk for an hour just about the 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 dangers of energy drinks uh but yeah. in short it's it, they're highly caffeinated generally speaking and they've got uh excess amounts of sugar and a lot of chemicals in them so it's kind of a double whammy so when you talk about having elevated uh, cortisol levels, um, that, you know, which is a physiological response to the stress that your body's going going through, your brain screaming for glucose, yeah, it can it can create a, a cascading effect. And I all of this to say because that's why it's easy when when you're working like you feel hungry a lot. You know, even when you're not hungry, you feel hungry. It's like you see a food, like you walk through the PD and there's a donut there. Uh, you're going to pick it up and eat it. You know, you might be able to walk by it once or twice, but you're not walking by those donuts, you know, four or five times without picking them up or, or 
the nice cookies that somebody, you know, a community member made or the candy or something that they sent in. I mean, uh, generally police departments get a lot of support and it's often oh, in, yeah. in the form of sugary treats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely right. <laughs> so you find yourself at this point, um, you're well into your career, you're in your early 40s, you're at the heaviest you've been and what... uh so what's the catalyst for you uh, to to recognize that, hey, something's got to change? Um, I went to the doctor. I had broke out in a rash or something. So I go to the, I go to my primary uh, physician and uh, she checks my blood pressure. And it's like through the roof, like at stroke level. And I'm, I feel fine. So she's like, well, you need to go to the emergency room. So I went and they got it. They got it stabilized and put me on a. Uh, blood pressure medicine. And then um, I went did a um, a sleep study test. So I have the CPAP machine and all that. Um, well, my cardiologist said, uh, if I don't change my weight or my diet, whatever, by the time I'm 50, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to have some severe medical issues. And this is uh, maybe a year or two ago. So I was like, my early forties. So I'm like, that's like eight years away, you know, <laughs> I need to, I need to do something. So like that really, really opened my eyes. And then, um, we, we, we have a new sheriff that's that got elected. He, well, he's about to start his second term, but he, um, we followed the CLIA accreditation. And, um, so he started this physical assessment. Um, they, they're going to start doing once a year and it's like a certain criteria you have to meet. Not necessarily. I don't think you're going to suffer any consequences like the first one, but eventually, I think it's going to be to where if you don't meet the certain criteria by your age and weight or whatever, the issue is, you know. So that was another thing that kind of got me going, you know, to try to change some stuff. So, okay, yeah, and you know, this is it's this is really kind of a, I think, an interesting thing to dig into a little bit because most less most people won't know this but less than two percent of police departments in america have mandatory physical fitness standards and uh a lot of police departments don't have mandated annual physical right. uh, exams requirements either um and and that's that's been a really good thing i think for the last really maybe maybe it's a byproduct of the 21st century policing initiative i think it's you know a lot of agencies um, you know, just needed a reason to kind of kickstart some of these things. Um, because it's easy to, it's easy to get complacent, especially in an environment where uh, you're having a hard time recruiting, uh, officers are leaving. I think, I think a lot of administrators right now are, are nervous about actually creating standards like that, that might actually force people out the door. So, um, you know, that's because, you know, you know, as well as, as, as I do that, you definitely have there there are mixed feelings inside of law enforcement about whether physical fitness should be mandated or not. Uh, and right. if it is, what kind of what kind of uh, resources uh, should come along with that? A lot of questions. I don't necessarily want to dive too far into that, but so in your case, um, it seems like maybe it was a positive in that you 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 all you recognize that, hey, 
I don't know that I could pass one of these assessments right now, or I would probably struggle with this. So I, I need to take this seriously and start start door, down a path to get into better physical shape. And and maybe maybe that was accelerated by the fact you know that you had an episode with with uh, with your blood pressure. Yeah, I believe so. Did you just out of curiosity when you when you went to the ER, your primary care sees you, she sends you to the ER. Um, was was there any conversations with? And I'm not trying to throw any doctors under the bus or anything like that. But was there any conversations that she had with you about why your blood pressure might be high? Um, what your you know what your body composition might you know how it might be impacting it or any types of like discussions about weight loss to avoid or reduce um, the, the need for medication? Not really. <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean. Yeah. Um, it's not uncommon. Right. She didn't really discuss that. Uh, more, it's more my cardiologist that kind of sat me down. I talked to me more in depth with it, but my prim primary physician, no. Well, you know, kudos to, to the cardiologists for, for saying what need to be said. Right. Because right. sometimes, sometimes people just, you know, they don't want to offend and, you know, in doctor's defense too, I've the, they get a lot of pushback when they talk about you know, lifestyle interventions uh, as as opposed to medical interventions, um, a pill is easy. Um, you starting a, starting a new workout program that's work. You know that that mm -hmm. takes that takes effort and commitment, and um, you know, and there's there's a lot of there's a lot involved there. But they uh, so that so that's good. He said he he kind of gives you that that come to Jesus talk. You recognize okay something's got to change, and now you've got not just your personal health that's at stake here that your cardiologist is warning you about. But now, but now your employment uh, may be at future risk because the new sheriff has come in and say, Hey, we're, we're going to do things a little bit differently. And I'm going to ask you guys to complete these, uh, these fitness assessments. So, so in your mind, what's, what's, what's going on there? What do you, what are you thinking about? I need to get my stuff together. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, like any idea, like where do I start? You know, you having kind yeah. of questions like, does, did the agency have resources in terms of like, hey, we got a gym for you. We've got some, we got some blood testing. We've got access to nutritionists and exercise physiologists. Is there anything like that going on at at the agency, or is it just, hey, we need to get in shape and we're going to test you once a year? At the time that um that they started this, we didn't have a gym. Um, um, but now they built a new enforcement complex, and it does have a like a full gym in there. Um, and it's pretty it's pretty nice. So awesome. Uh, yeah. So he's, you know, he's he's trying to make it uh, available for us. I guess you could say to you know to get in better shape for everybody. So yeah, that's great. I mean, and that's. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, there's a lot of competing, a lot of competing needs for resources and budgets are not limitless, sadly. Uh, right. be, that's, we, maybe we can get into that at some point, but, um, so you, you recognize, and I, I think when we were chatting, when we were chatting last week, you said you kind of been off and on hitting the gym and kind of doing trying to figure it out on your own. What was that experience like? Um, it was, it was all right at first, but, um, 
it just became um, monotonous, you know, doing the same routines, you know, back, chest, legs, whatever, uh, shoulders, whatever. It's, um, it's like the same exercises. I kind of got bored with it. So uh, I just stopped going all together. Um, but, like, I guess around 2018, I dropped some weight, I guess, about 60 pounds. I got down to, like, back down to, like, 330. And then um, I just I just stopped going uh, to, like, a commercial gym, I guess you could say. And um, and I gained it all back plus some. So I just, I guess, I don't know if I got bored with it. I just, I don't know. I just, I just stopped going. <laughs> well, yeah, for for people that don't have uh, the uh, a background in exercise science or maybe not even a strong interest in it, um, and and this is a lot of people, including people that played uh, that played a very high level of you know in athletics, you know, college football players, wrestlers, basketball players. I mean, we we get it all in law enforcement, and and when when you're in college or when you're in that environment, even in like an academy type environment or in the military, you have very structured and regimented programs. So that that just becomes a daily expectation of what you're going to do. You don't have to think about what your workout's going to be. Generally, that stuff is programmed for you. Um, and you, you just do what you're told to do. And so you don't have to think about it a lot. But then once you're outside of that environment, and then no one, no one is forcing you to go work out, um, and then, but then also nobody's doing the programming for you. <laughs> nobody's right. setting it up now, you know, when, when you do get into the gym, you know, you've, you get the gym bros in there, uh, <laughs> that, you know, like, Hey, do this, you know, or, Hey, take this supplement, mm -hmm. um, you know, eat this, you gotta eat, you know, a thousand grams of protein, whatever it might be, you know, everybody's got what works for them and they want to share it with you. And they want to tell you what you should do. And, and it can be confusing. It can be a little overwhelming. And at times, quite frankly, you know, it can be a little demotivating. Yeah. Um, but so you explained to me, you kind of, you, so you were kind of up and down, you know, you had a little bit of a yo-yo there. You're having lunch. I think you said you were having lunch or breakfast one day at work and you're kind of looking out and you see, uh, you see a CrossFit gym, you maybe tell us that story. Yeah, so uh, me and a coworker, they have this little, um, I guess that you could call it a diner um, in the adjacent town in Broussard. Uh, it's closer to St. Martinville where our old office was. So me and a coworker went and um, to eat lunch. So we sit down and I look out and I see across the street, like the record across the street, they have this big, it's, it's, they have two different businesses there now but it's a, it's a very large like warehouse type building and the first the first section of it <clears throat> it was a, a crossfit gym uh old glory crossfit so um i was thinking to myself i was like man i didn't even realize they had a crossfit gym there um so we, we finished our lunch went back to work and it stayed on my mind you know i kept thinking about it and um i ended up looking looking into it and they was offering a um on-ramp class it was like maybe two weeks after that maybe two or three weeks after I, I, I went and seen a gym there so um it was offering an on-ramp class it was on a Saturday from like eight to ten or eight to nine I, I forgot what the hours was 
And then after the on-ramp class, they had a um like the regular class, you know, regular time class. So we go and there's like two or three other people in there with me on the on-ramp uh, class. And then we started the actual class and it started off with a rower. And I remember like sitting on the rower, like everybody sitting on the rower, like, you know, at the same time. And then they, they cranked the music up like really loud and all I could do was smile and we just started working out and like everybody was, you know, everybody was there and it was just kind of like a, I don't know, camaraderie almost, you know, and we did the workout and, you know, they kind of pumped me up and just the community aspect of it, that really like, I really enjoy that, you know, just the, the guys that go there and the people, you know, um, uh, the rest is history. I'm still going. <laughs> uh, seven, yeah, we'll get we'll, oh, eight eight months now, I guess. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, how, I think you told me you're you're down sixty pounds. Um, maybe we we're chatting something like that, or is that right? Or it's like forty ish. All right. Well, that's great, man. That's awesome. Congrats. Um, Appreciate it. So before you before you go into the CrossFit gym, though, um, did you know anything about CrossFit? What what was what was your impression about what it was, or what, what did you have any ideas what to expect? Yeah, I, I tried it in the past um, at two different affiliates, like in the in the same town I live in, and that's back when like I don't know how how all CrossFit gyms were, but back then, but it was like okay, you went in there and they kind of three to the wolves you know you had to <laughs> learn on your own and you just had to in this these were like really really hard you know watch so i was like man it's it's crazy so i ended up not even i might have went you know a few times and i stopped going that that was twice and then um but since from then until now i don't know it's just it's like it's different i guess because like you can scale it down like the workouts you know and I don't remember it being like that the first time I tried it. It's like you had to do the actual workout that they're doing weights and everything. And so, but now it's like they, you know, they they emphasize that you can scale it down to to your capability, you know. So that 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 uh, um, helps me out a lot too, you know. It uh, keeps me keeps me motivated to uh, to keep going, you know. Yeah, that's that's great, and then. I guess maybe this would be the time where I, I remind the audience that, that I'm a, I'm a personally, I'm a CrossFit level two trainer and I'm a, I guess, technically I'm still an affiliate manager, but I was a, a, an affiliate owner for a long time, opened up, I think it was the, the third CrossFit gym in Indiana back in 2009. Um, and that was mostly, mostly just a place for, you know, some, some of our SWAT guys and a few other people that really wanted to do CrossFit there was, there were no CrossFit gyms around. So if you wanted to do it, you either had to, you, you basically had to make a space to do it. Um, but I, I had gotten introduced to CrossFit back in the 2004 timeframe, uh, by, by another police officer who, a guy that uh, joined our SWAT team and was just crushing me on the, uh, on the PT test. So I was trying to figure out, I was trying to figure out his cheat code back then, <laughs> but I digress. So what you just said, though, is um, for if if any CrossFit affiliate owners wind up listening to this, I think is incredibly important because we also talked about something else uh, last week. But you 
you tried a couple of gyms and what you found was you got got thrown quite frankly thrown to the wolves and didn't get a good introduction to the methodology of crossfit therefore number one it can be very intimidating uh but even worse than that that can you can injure somebody um and i i guess maybe most importantly is you you provide a bad experience for someone that doesn't that's not ready to step into a high level of crossfit and i would venture to say that there are very very few people that can step into a CrossFit gym and hit a, hit an RX workout. Um, and then, uh, live to tell about it at least for the week after, because, right. <laughs> um, you know, as, as an affiliate owner, you learn real quick, like your, you know, your young conditioned athletes, like kids coming out like this, I had to contend with this, right. Kids coming out of uh, D one sports, you know, at Purdue university and wanting to, you know, wanting to come in and crush workouts and, and not necessarily wanting to scale, Sometimes you get this with members of the military or fellow police officers, you know, they, the, the concept of scaling is something that, ah, you know, that's, that's not something for me. That's for people that are, aren't fit or that's, that's for the wimps. And, you know, you find out real quick, you, you hit a, a high volume workout. And when you're not used to that, you can, you can do some damage. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very humbling. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, that's interesting as well, because I, and it, you know, it's, it's sad in a respect that it, you know, it kind of, you know, you got pushed away. Um, uh, maybe not intentionally, maybe, you know, I, right. I think a lot of times people have good intentions and sometimes, sometimes it's not even affiliate owners, right? Sometimes it's who the trainers that are there that day, if they don't give you a good introduction, if they don't make you feel welcome sometimes, yeah. And sometimes, you know, what I tell people, uh, my advice to people is, especially if they're looking at CrossFit is, um, don't, don't necessarily when you, if you're new to it, or if you're new to an area, don't necessarily commit long-term right away, go to a gym for a month and then go to another gym in town. You know, if there's more than one, go to the other one for a month and just kind of see, you know, where, you know, where the fit is better because, both of them can be fantastic gyms with great staff, but one's going to make you feel more comfortable than the other. Uh, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a few police officers or maybe there's uh, somebody that, you know, or maybe you just have a, you know, you develop a, a good rapport with the coach that, you know, that kind of, you know, that makes you feel comfortable in the movement. So that's, that's kind of a cool, it's kind of a cool thing to experience. Um, but so the other the other side of this too is you 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 said you know you were a little a little apprehensive about going into uh, about going into the CrossFit gym. Yeah, I was. And, that, and that's because and that's because of those prior experiences, and then maybe also because, you know, hey, I'm I'm over four hundred pounds now, and I'm not in the greatest of shape. And right, yeah, that's that's exactly why. Uh... I think it was more of the, you know, I'm way overweight more than, you know, my past experiences. I don't know. I just, um, I just want to try it just to see, but that, I think that was more, um, more of the reason, you know, I was kind of, you know, scared to, to, to go <laughs> intimidated. Yeah. Like I said, um, it's very intimidating because, you know, most CrossFitters are in pretty good shape, you know? Well, majority of them, anyways, the fire breathes, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, even the ones that look like they're in good shape, they don't start there. 
Um, right, 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 right. Yeah, it definitely it takes time. And they, like, like everybody yeah, else. And they told me that there's a bunch of them there that you know they started you know barely could do anything and they just stayed consistent with it. And yeah, that's awesome. That yeah, that's 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 really cool to hear. And it's and it's that. So so what your experience is, is and uh, and I know a lot of CrossFit coaches will will uh, understand where I'm coming from here is there's something that we get all the time is people have a have an interest in CrossFit maybe maybe because they've seen like the CrossFit games on ESPN or something like that or that or you know like like how everybody else hears about it, right because somebody starts doing CrossFit and they love it and then they start telling everybody like how do you know someone does CrossFit? You know, it's the old joke is yeah. because, because that's all they'll talk about. Yeah. Um, um, but there's, there is a reason for that. Right. And, um, and, and we can kind of touch on that, but getting back to my original point is sometimes people feel they need to get in shape before they come into a CrossFit gym. Like, Hey, I, I really, you know, I would hear this a lot. I'm, I'm really interested in doing it, but I need to lose a little bit of weight before I start. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, you start and we'll help you lose the weight. Uh, exactly. That's what we're here for. Um, and and here's why, because I was one of these knuckleheads. I was doing CrossFit for over three years before I went to get my my cert for the first time. And I just like you, right? I was uh, I was one of the gym bros, chest and tries, back and buys, you know, <laughs> I used to run a lot. And so it, because I ran a lot, I used to skip leg days a lot because leg days would make my <laughs> lower back hurt when I yeah. ran. So I was always worried about my times on my run. So I wouldn't do legs. And um, yeah, I digress. I, I could go down a really long, uh, a really long uh, rabbit hole here, but in short, the point is, is that when you go into a CrossFit gym and it doesn't have to be CrossFit, we're just, we just, we're talking about CrossFit right now, but this is why CrossFit gyms are so powerful is that you have somebody there that can teach you the mechanics of proper movement and they're going to watch you and they have programming that's already completed. So all the work's done, all you need to do, and that's, you know, you go into the gym you go to the the to to the on ramp class, which is basically we call it CrossFit Basics. Some people call it on ramp, where it's an introduction to the movement, so you can understand, oh, not just even the movement, but the environment that you're immersing yourself in. Uh, the vernacular, it's kind of like it's kind of like becoming a cop, right? There's people are saying AMRAP and triplets and couplets and wads and you hear all these things you're like what in the hell are they talking about like i don't know <laughs> i don't understand any of this but right um but some that's what the coach is there for to to guide you through that process and uh you mentioned it earlier right that you know, that the consistency is is what's helped you and that's uh consistently showing up but consistently showing up and being consistent with your mechanics is is really you know, that's one of the most important things, mechanics. And then, then we talk about, um, the, your, your consistency and the way that you're moving and then intensity, you know, intensity is really kind of the last thing. It's kind of like the, uh, the last little spice that we, that we drop into the workout. And that's, you know, that's 
And that can be scaled, universally scalable for anybody. You can be in your 90s and start CrossFit. Um, you can you can be a teenager. Uh, there There's ways to scale load and intensity and all that stuff. And then, uh, so that's that's cool. So you get in there, you you kind of find a, a a crew. They make you feel comfortable. And so, you know, what what kind of happens from there? Um, I keep going. <laughs> uh, well, I started in January, so like, I guess I'm not I'm not sure when the um the open started, but uh, one of the one of the members, he's like, hey, you want to you want to uh, be on the team with me? I was like, what you talking about? So he said for the for the open. I was like, all right. So I did the um, what's the is it the fundamental? Uh, is that that's the first step? I I think right. Yeah. Okay, so I did that, and um, I mean, I just did it just to I guess a scaling point because when I go back next year, I'm gonna see how much I progressed. You know. Um, I think that's meant one of the main reasons why I did the open. Um, it was fun. I mean, it was really hard, but I got it done. Uh, so yeah, we did the open and, um, I just grew up bond with, with these people, you know, like I go to the 5am class. So it's, it's pretty much the regular, like the same people that go to that, that, uh, time class so you get a you grow up bond with these people and they uh they want to see you succeed you know they want to see you better yourself um with the movements if, if you're doing it wrong they'll stop you and say hey no try it this way you know um I mean like there's some stuff I have trouble with like one of the members he um a couple of weeks ago I was having trouble with the dumbbell um is dumbbell deadlifts so we put a plate on each side of me like a 45 plate so i don't want i, I can get the movement down without having to go all the way to the ground i was having trouble doing that so it's just like small things like that like that they help me with and i really appreciate that so that kind of makes me want to go more you know if i could go twice a day i would but i know i, I wouldn't be able to handle that <laughs> Well, work your way up to that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Rome wasn't built in a day. That's the old that's the old right, saying. Right, right. Um, so for those that are not familiar with what we're talking about, the CrossFit Open, most people I think at this point know what the CrossFit games are. And that's that's the culmination, that's the peak, that's the one percent of of the one percenters. Mm -hmm. uh, that is it's a very, very elite level of athlete that is competing at the highest level of the sport. And for those that don't think it's a sport, you know, sign up at the, sign up at your local CrossFit gym and get involved in the open next year and uh, see for yourself. But the open is, is really kind of like I, the way I like to tell people, it's kind of like um, class. It, it's like um, class sports in high school. Like the open is like sectionals. So that's it. That's your first round of competition and you compete either in gyms uh, or you can do it virtually in an online environment. You can record yourself. Um, there's there's a lot of different ways to do it. Everybody around the world does the same workout. And um, for the competitive athletes, there's what they called RX. It's it's prescribed uh, loads and movements. 
that you have to do and you have, and there's judges involved. So you have to meet movement standards. So everybody is, is doing things consistently across the world. And then the people that score the highest, um, they, they might qualify for what, what's next Um, regionals over the years, it's changed a little bit, but they've, they do quarterfinals and semifinals, um, and then to, to ultimately qualify for the CrossFit Games. And at at every level, right, you're you're uh, you're trimming the, the the field, and only the elite pass through. And you don't know what the workouts are until until the weekend that you have to do them. So there's no way that you can prepare for them, uh, which is you know kind of one of CrossFit's mottos: preparing for the unknown and the unknowable. Which is one of the reasons, again, why I've always been a huge advocate for those in law enforcement to really strongly consider uh, finding a CrossFit gym or utilizing the CrossFit methodology to prepare themselves for work. Um, Because just like in policing, and I think it's one of the reasons why I gravitated to it so so quickly and uh, really from my coworker who you know, he, he told me this great story and I'll, I'll come back to it, but he told me a great story that reason why he, he knew it was working. Um, but the, the other cool thing about the open is, is that they have a lot of different categories. They have age group categories, so you can compete against people that are your own age. And then they have subcategories in there too. So they have for police, fire, uh, EMS, military, there's all kinds of little subcategories. So you find, you know, these different tribes that you get to compete with and against and, um, and just so you can evaluate your performance uh, against that of your peers. And what you mentioned earlier, I I wanted to really, you know, there's just a single word for it that I think is important and it's data, right. And in a world, you know, for police officers, you know, we live in a data driven enforcement world Everything we do is about data. It's about good information, and uh, your your fitness really shouldn't be any different. Um, you should, you know, for whatever workout programming uh, that you're utilizing, you should have a way to quickly understand if it's if it's effective or not effective. And one way to know if it's effective is to measure progress, and that's the one thing that CrossFit does and does very well is that you measure your progress. So. What Corey was talking about is you're you did the open this year and now next year you can go back uh, and can compete and see how you do. Um, but one of the things that you're also able to do with these workouts, and we call them benchmark workouts, is you conduct a workout. And I know if I if I do a certain exercise at a certain weight and a certain rep scheme, it, I and then I time it. Now I'm under I'm under the pressure of the clock, but the time is really just a measurement or how I'm performing. And there's other ways you can, you can measure your performance through total reps and different things, but you can come back six months from now and do that same test. And now you can see, well, how did I do on this test? And you can measure progress that way. So it's, it's, it's a little bit more than just like, yeah, my bench, I, you know, I went from, you know, 285 to 295. You know, sure you're stronger, but are you fitter? Um, you know, are are you're stronger, but is that are you going to be able to perform your job better? And that's you know, are you going to be able to you know, I, I there's so many different things I could talk about here, but is it improving your is your fitness improving your quality of life? Is it does it allow you to get down on the floor and play with your children or your grandchildren uh, in an emergency? 
will you have the fitness level to be able to take care of yourself and take care of others, which for police officers, right, that's that's an important uh, characteristic. Um, right. You know, when people call for the police to show up, they expect someone to come and, and be able to help. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of reasons why we want to make sure that we're, we're doing what we can to, to maintain physical fitness. But, you, you know, you found a gym that made you feel welcome. And then, you know, that welcoming spirit, that camaraderie, uh, that's very helpful in keeping you coming back. And that's and and, you know, hats off to you. The the 5 a.m. class is no joke, right? <laughs> Not at all, man. So <laughs> so love, tell me. So for for people that are listening, that maybe maybe they're thinking, okay, this this might be something I'll try. You're so tell me what your what a typical day looks like for you now. Um, I wake up at I'm about twenty five minutes from my gym from where I live, so I wake up about three thirty. Um, eat a little breakfast and to get some energy going, leave the house around 410, 4.15. I make it over there about 4.45. I'm usually one of the first ones there. Um, go do my class from 5 to 6, um, get ready for work, go to work for like 7, and go through my day at work. And I told you this last week. I said, once you, if you can go through the gym, and that's the hardest part of the day. <laughs> they can make it through that, then everything else could be all right. <laughs> that's the way I look at it. So, amen, brother. Amen. And I, I try to get to bed early. Um, I'm usually in bed for eight. The way I can get a good night's rest, you know, no later than eight, seven thirty-eight. And I usually go uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I rest on Thursday, and depending on my schedule, I'll try to make it a Friday and a Saturday. I made it the last two Saturdays. We did a Hero Watch, so that was pretty fun. I really like those a lot. I've been we, we had a lot a lot of those recently. I really like the Hero Watch. Yeah, and for those that aren't listening, so you know, CrossFit has <laughs> been. Uh, it's it's been used in the first responder and military community since its inception. And uh, one of the things that they do is they uh, when when service men and women or law enforcement officers or others are killed in the line of duty, uh, oftentimes they'll these is particularly when they're people that are you know in the CrossFit community uh, and, and using the CrossFit methodologies, they'll name uh workouts after them and then uh, you know on these days uh, there's anniversary dates the is typically when we do the hero workouts and um there's there's some there's some really good ones and you want it just gives you a little added motivation when you go into the gym or if it's a day where you're thinking man i don't necessarily want to go work out today there's other things that i would rather do and then you know you've got that hero wad work you know waiting there for you it's it's like mm -hmm. it's, you know, this is one of my brothers and sisters that that gave everything. I can I can go give an hour of my best effort in a gym, you know, and honor their sacrifice. And that's that's a pretty cool. It's a pretty powerful, oh, powerful thing. Yes, indeed. They're 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 tough. They're tough to do, but once you finish them, it's so worth it. So, which uh, which hero workout so far is your favorite, or what do you think is the most challenging? 
We just did Horton this past Saturday. Um, oh. last week I forgot which one it was, but it was it was fifty reps. It was three three different exercises, fifty reps. And then we dropped down to 40, 30, 20, 10. Yeah, that one was tough. I, I can't remember the name of it offhand. It slipped my mind, but it took me like forty five minutes to finish it, and I was I was done after that. Yeah, I was spent, but it was it was awesome though, once we finished. And I had a guy, Jody. He 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 don't really he goes to afternoon classes, but he was like right right next to me. It was kind of like a partner workout, but we started off as partner workout, but like it was um synchronized movements, like yeah, that move at the same time. But we um we kind of fell off with each other, you know, uh, just through the workout and uh but we both finished it. And he's he he told me the only the only reason he finished it was because I I finished it and it was like vice versa, you know. Like we pushed each other to finish it, you know. It's pretty awesome, pretty awesome feeling. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that Horton is legit. That is a tough workout, and it is one that's normally done with a uh, with a partner. But it's, um, yeah, I'm looking at it. Nine rounds for time with a partner. Nine bar muscle ups, which can be scaled. A muscle right. up for, is a pull up where you press up over the bar into a, an extended position. 11 clean and jerks at 155 pounds RX for men, 115 for women, then a, a 50 yard uh, buddy carry. But that one yeah. is, um, yeah, Chris Horton um, from o- Oklahoma died on September 9th, 2011 in Afghanistan. So that's a, um, and it, it's, it's pretty cool too, because they'll talk about, you know, the foundations a lot of times that are, that have, have been, uh, formed around these families and uh, what they raise money for every year. So there's there's some huge, huge fundraisers that come out of this. And then every year in the CrossFit Games, you know, sometimes you'll see uh, these, you know, some of the more popular hero workouts like Murph. I think, well, I'm, I'm, well here, All right. I guess while I'm sitting here, I guess I can show you this. This is my, <laughs> <laughs> my, my Murph water bottle. So I haven't done that one yet. I'm, I'm uh, working my way up to it, though. <laughs> Oh, it's pretty, pretty intense. Well, I, I don't know if I've ever told this story publicly or not. I might get myself in trouble, but this was before I got my CrossFit coaching certification when I was our SWAT team commander. <laughs> I, uh, it was December, you know, we train, uh, we trained the, the NTOA standards for, you know, for part-time teams. So we trained twice a month at our agency and, uh, it, in December, I think it was 2007, maybe I had done, um, Murph on my own before, but I had never done it with their team. So we decided like, Hey, our end of year workout was going to be Murph. And, um, we didn't break it up. So for those that don't know so Murph is a mile run wearing a 20 pound vest. So we did it in our tack year. And then you do a hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, and then you finish with a mile run. And back then there was no segmenting it. it really the workout was the workout. And for Murph, uh, uh, Lieutenant Michael Patrick Murphy, it was, that was Wednesday. That was like his Wednesday workout. Um, that's what he used to do every Wednesday, but he, um, yeah, I had our whole team do it and we only had a couple of pull-up bars in the place that, where we did it. And so when, we were jumping up on those pull-up bars. We were wrapping out like big sets right off the bat. 
And by the time we got into like the seventies and eighties, most of us were down, you know, we're down to singles. And then we did all, you know, so we did all the pull-ups and then all the push-ups and then all the squats and, uh, and then the run. And, and what I didn't, I didn't know anything about rhabdomyelosis at the time. And I, <laughs> I, I learned very quickly there. Now, thankfully nobody, nobody had a bad case, but, um, I think a couple of people were probably pretty close. And uh, if we'd have had a call out for a week, you know, in the week's time after that, after making the whole team do that workout, I don't know that it would have, we, I don't know that we would have been able to respond. We might've had to call like a, a neighboring agency's team to go, <laughs> go handle it for us because everybody was so sore. Oh, so yeah. my, my point in saying all this is like, yeah, we do some silly things sometimes, but that's where I learned. Okay you sometimes you have to scale these things it's it's not it's not a um it's not a cool thing it it really wasn't i mean it's funny now i can laugh about it but it wasn't funny then and uh yeah there's there you know you can do some serious damage to your body if if you don't scale things appropriately so for those that are thinking about jumping into crossfit um do it do it Corey's way (laughs) Yeah, don't Fine. don't try. <laughs> don't overdo it. <laughs> so so when you go in and the, you know you're scaling you're scaling loads, you're scaling movements, and um, you're getting good feedback. Like you mentioned, that coaches are telling you, "Hey, you're you're you got to fix this," and they're they're not just telling you, but they're they're showing you, they're giving you alternatives, and, right. and they're explaining to you what what you need to do and why you need to do it. Um, I right. think that's pretty important. Oh yeah, most definitely. They're they're actually, you know, want me to succeed and not, you know, injure myself or, you know, do a movement wrong and injure myself. So I make sure I'm doing it right the way I get the most out of it, you know. Yeah, the competitive thing, you know, it's interesting. Uh um probably this will be a conversation for another time. We could talk about mirror neurons and stuff like that, but the it's interesting when when people get into that environment most most police officers are competitive people right they they want to do well uh, and it's easy to get into that environment and push harder than you should and that's where a, a good coach is going to tell you um not just you know not just that you can scale but that you will scale and you must scale mm-hmm. um because you're in it for the long haul. And right. if you cut corners or you push too hard too early, kind of like what happened to you in your, in your first exposures to CrossFit, where um, you're, you're working too hard, you're not getting dosed appropriately, you get overstrained, you lose confidence in, in your ability to be able to complete these workouts, you're sore, uh, you might even be injured or too sore, right? Doesn't do you any good if you go to the gym and then get a great workout in and like, Oh man, I crushed that. And now you can't come back for two weeks because you know, you can't sit on the toilet or get in and out of your squad car. (laughs) Right. That's how I was at the beginning. I was, I was like, I couldn't get enough of it. I was going five days a week. I mean, I wasn't taking no rest days and it caught up with me. Um, So I kind of cut back at least I, I try to take every Thursday off depending on my schedule, you know, but I try to at least take a day during the week off and then, Sunday, you know. Well, you know, you also mentioned too, I think when we talk about the schedule and what your day looks like, you're getting up at four, you're getting ready, you've got a half an hour drive to the gym, you you get there early, you get ready, 
you get your these these classes are an hour long um mm-hmm. and i don't care where you go it's going to be like clockwork you're going to be in and out in an hour that that's going to include oh, yeah. a really good warm-up it's going to include instruction over what the workout is some practice most likely on the movements that you're going to be doing and then skill probably yeah. probably some skill work or some strength work um, on top of it so you're getting you're getting a lot in an hour oh and, yeah then stretching afterwards so they they, they stay on us about that too make sure little, we stretch for the class a little post-wad mobility um and that you know that's that's to set your recovery up in in the right direction and get you ready so not only can you go out and now go to work and and you know crush your day but you can come back tomorrow and crush another workout and and be ready to do it again and you know reduce your likelihood of having some soft tissue damage or you know you know injuring yourself um mobility work is incredibly important right so then um so then you're going do you do you does your a lot of crossfit gyms don't have shower facilities some do some don't so that's that's another consideration right like you got to get to the work and you got uh facilities at, at your office where you can get showered and get ready for your day right they in the um the gym that they built for us at our uh, office they have a like a private bathroom they have a bathroom and then they have another private bathroom with a shower in it so it works out perfect and in the morning that early in the morning it's usually uh there's nobody there yet so i pretty much got to myself well that's awesome yeah so so now you you work you get you get home and then the other thing that you said that is incredibly important that i want everybody (laughs) i want to say this a few times you really focus on trying to get eight hours of sleep oh yeah most definitely so now we're talking about engineering your day and reverse engineering your day. So if you know you've got to hit the five, if you got to hit the five a.m. class, that you know you got to get up at four. So you go back eight hours. So you got to be in bed by eight eight thirty, right? That's going to get your your seven and a half eight hours of sleep. Um, because that's something that we hear a lot, right? Like, oh, I I can't I can't do the early morning class or I can't do the evening class. There's you know, it's, it's like anything else, you know, you tell me how you spend your time and I'll tell you what your priorities are. Right. It's, it's right. not what you, it's not what you say that matters. It's, it's where, where you actually spend the time and, and where you do things. So if you're, if your health and I, and I hope that this is, you know, right up there at the, at the highest priority for, for all officers is having good health. And so you can not just hire healthy, but be, you know, be the best cop you can be while you're there, but also retire and and enjoy a long life, you know, in your post-policing career. And don't, don't let the stresses of the job, you know, eat you up um, right. because they will. Most definitely. Right? Most definitely. So um, let's touch on something else real quick. What is, um, what's your nutrition look like now? Have you made changes to the way that you're eating or, how have you approached that? I'm trying. <laughs> I, have, I have good days and bad days, but um, I'm trying. Uh, it's 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 hard. I ain't gonna lie. Um, I don't know. Some people can grasp it easy, easy, but that's to me that's harder than going to the gym. It's my my nutrition, you know, making sure I'm eating right. Like you said, you know, you see a box of donuts at the office. It's hard to to pass by three or four times without taking one. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but I'm, I'm trying, you know, that's, that's, that's just as important as going to the gym to me. 
you know, you got to have a good nutritional diet. Well, and here, so here's what I'm, I'll, I'll, we'll give, we'll give some cheats here, like some, uh, some things that you can do, or just some suggestions for people that are thinking about this. Um, again, it comes back to engineering your day, like reverse engineering your day. If like, what, what does the perfect day look like for you? Um, and then you build, you build that schedule down to the minute, um, and it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And, and, you know, you have to give yourself a little bit of grace, especially when you're a cop, right? Because you get called out, you get woken up in the middle of the night. There's, there's always things are, that are going to interrupt it. But if, and just like with nutrition, just like your exercise, if you can be 80, you know, 80 to 90%, you know, accurate in your goals, if you can stick to them, you know, eight out of 10 times, nine out of 10 times, even seven out of 10 times, you're going to make progress. Um, if, if the faster, the, the, the better you stick to it, the faster you'll make progress. But, you know, sometimes that's just not realistic. So you have to set, you know, some realistic goals for what you're doing. Um, meal prep, meal planning is really important. So if, if, if you think about, if you know, there's someone in the office that always puts a starburst in a dish right next to their computer or M&Ms or peanut M&Ms, or there's always cookies down in records. Um, you, you got to know like, okay, what are the times a day where I'm, I'm going to be really hungry and how do I avoid putting myself in the position where I'm going to be tempted to, to eat these things? So the easiest way to avoid it is, is to bring your own food or to plan a meal or have a, you know, places where you can go and eat at the right times a day for you, for when you know you're probably going to get hungry when you're going to need to eat. Um, there are a lot of different ways to skin the cat when it comes to nutrition. I am, um, I'm not dogmatic. I, even as a crop in my CrossFit coaching days, uh, I, I'm a firm believer in like the zone diet. That's, there's a whole, I've talked about it in my first episode, kind of how I got down this whole path of performance and wellness. Um, but the paleo diet, I'm a big fan of the Mediterranean diet. I'm a very big fan of, um, I'm a big fan of, of the ketogenic diet, the high fat, low carb nutrition plan for people that do it, um, that do it appropriately. Um, and he, so here, here's, here's the first thing I say too, especially for people that, that are your age, that are in your forties. Um, and I would say for cops, uh, in their late twenties and thirties, if you've been on the job for a few years, get, get a, a lab test done. Uh, specifically, I would say we call it the police panel. Um, and for anyone that wants to uh, go look at, um, the ICP wellness symposium, but I did a presentation there with, uh, Dr. Jim Greenwald and, uh, uh, Dr. Kevin Gilmartin, and we called it the blood doesn't lie. And it's, it's why, um, uh, getting a good lab test done at, you know, when you're starting a nutrition program is really important because you can identify uh, some important risk factors that, that generally, you know, may, may go unnoticed um, that could cause problems once you start a, a rigorous exercise program. But once you do that, you can also get a good idea for what type of nutrition plan is, is going to be beneficial for you. Um, well, maybe you'll have to have a, well, we can talk offline about that, but um Regardless of what uh, what program you do uh, stick with, 
or what you try to, I should say, what you choose to do is best just to try to stick it and find some ways to, to, again, attract and measure so you can see how it's working for you. And, and again, that's why labs are also very important because I tell people you get tested on day one uh, or before you start this or early in your new program, you get tested again at three or six months to see what, see what your labs look like. Um, and if your nutritional program is going to be, is the right fit for you if, or if it's creating problems for you. Um, yeah. So those things are important, but yeah. Have your go-tos, have your go-tos for what you're, what you're going to eat and have snacks available to you that are the things that you know are going to, they're, they're going to help you move you towards your goals, not away from them. And um, obviously the, those sugars are all the way around. And then, you know, you, you're probably walking by a couple soda machines in, in your PD at some point too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 that's not, um, like sodas, I don't really crave that too much. It's the other stuff, sweets. <laughs> yeah, so that's well, my weakness. But. The easiest, the best advice I can give to people is is never drink your calories, uh, unless it's like a unless it's like a uh, spinach shake or something like that. Don't drink your calories. Uh, drink water. Uh, nothing better for you than water. Uh, black coffee, you know, right, plain tea, things with you know without any added sugars. Um, yeah. th those can all be, th they're all fine. But, um, the other things too, for like, um, your schedule too, is, is to think about, you know, energy drinks or caffeine, caffeine consumption. Uh, you don't want to drink caffeine at least 12 hours before you know your sleep time. So for you, if you're going to bed at, at eight o'clock at night, you really don't want to drink caffeine past eight o'clock in the morning. You really should, um, because caffeine, caffeine has, you know, it's got a half-life that it'll extend uh, for anywhere from 10 to 12 hours. And for some people, it can even be a little bit longer, depending on how their body processes it. So, uh, and then you mentioned you got, you already had a sleep study that was kind of got, got you down this path. So you, you are a CPAP machine. Um, the number one health hack that I can tell anybody is eight hours of good rest every night. Um, I would say, um it's almost more important than exercise. If, if you were going to get less than six hours of sleep to get up and go to the gym, I would say, you know what, skip the gym, sleep for an extra hour, and then find somewhere in the day where you can walk for 30 minutes. Um, and then call that a win, especially if, you know, if you're a patrolman working the 12 hour shift, you can always get out of your squad car and walk around the block a few times. Um, if you did that once an hour, just got out of your car and walked, walk around a block. Um, you'd be amazed at what that would do for you over, over six months. Yeah. So, I mean, so overall, I, I knew we, this would happen. We'd be going for, it'd be easy to just kind of <laughs> to chat and chat and chat. Um, yeah. Overall. I mean, I think what, are, what do you think are the biggest benefits that you've, uh, that you've experienced so far since you've adopted this, um, this new lifestyle? Um, my mobility, as far as physical wise, my mobility, uh, I can tell, like, I can move around a lot better. Um, even my balance is better, you know, um, endurance is way better, you know, like I don't, I don't get short winded as I used to, um, mentally it's helped me tremendously. Cause like we, like I, we had talked about last week. Um, 
like you, you told me that it was depression, but I'd get in these, these, these moods where I was just kind of down on myself. Um, like just feel real irritable, didn't really want to talk to anybody. But since I started going to CrossFit, it's like, I don't even feel that way anymore. And it's weird, like just by, I guess, being, you know, how starting to, you know, do physical exercise, I guess, whatever the case is, uh, CrossFit, you know, it's, it's made me not as, you know, feeling in that, that mind frame, I guess, you know, I don't feel that depression, I guess you could say, or I don't feel irritable. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> well, well, you know, I think one of the best, one of the best ways I've heard it described is like, sometimes feel like the, like a fog has been lifted that they didn't recognize was there. Like, exactly. and if you, if you've ever worn glasses, like I wear glasses, I have my contacts in now, but if, if you, if you go inside, well, you're down there in the Bayou country, right? You go inside, outside into the air conditioning, out into the, oh, yeah, your like your fog. glasses fog up. <laughs> um, but if you do that enough without cleaning them, eventually, you know, you don't realize that, man, you're not seeing as well as you used to see. And it, you right. just, you just settle to what the what the new norm is and that becomes you know that becomes your existence and then it's like right. somebody you know man you clean one eye and you're just like wow <laughs> i can see again and that's and that, uh, i've had a lot of people that have told me that like after you know after about three months of crossfit they it's not just their physical um changes that are that are inspiring them it's just their overall general disposition and how they feel mm -hmm. and uh I, you know i'm a huge fan of uh the andrew huberman podcast huberman lab podcast and and a lot of others uh, you know i'm kind of a, a nerd i read 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 and chris palmer i mentioned him earlier you know he's mm -hmm. doing a lot of work now with uh, nutrition and you know its impact on uh psychiatric disorders and and i think what we what we're confirming th now through science is something that we've always suspected that all of these things are interconnected. And, um, Greg Glassman probably said it best way, way back in the day, the founder of CrossFit, he has this analogy about, you know, there are generally a couple types of people that come into CrossFit gyms. One is like people that, that want to look better naked. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, we would say a little bit of narcissism can go a long way to motivating somebody to, uh, to work out in the gym, um, or people want to feel better, right? They've hit a point in their life. Like, Hey, look, I need to, you know, I want to be around for my grandkids. I, I want to be able to, you know, to get through my day without, you know, without feeling tired or, you know, or missing out on opportunities, you know, the FOMO ha hashtag FOMO wasn't a thing 20 years ago, but it is now. Um, <laughs> so he's like, there's a couple approaches, right? You, you get, and imagine that somebody sitting in a rowboat in the middle of a lake and there's a dock on the shore that they want to row to. If you're the type of person that, that wants to be able to eat whatever you want. So that's why you come to the gym. So you exercise, he says, put one oar in the water and start rowing. And, you know, you row and you, you'll make some progress, you'll move around, but you're, you're, it's going to take you a long time to get your, to your destination. And if he says you're the type, if you're the type of person that doesn't like to exercise at all, so you are very particular or picky about what you eat, he's like, put the other oar in the water. 
um, saying, you know, you're going to have the same issue just from the opposite end of the spectrum. So, you know, where you create true synergy is through movement and nutrition, uh, because that's the way the body was designed. Uh, that's how you optimize your individual performance and, uh, what exercise does and what solid nutrition on top of good exercise will do what it'll help balance your hormones. Um, it'll, you know, through the production of BDNF and other, and other type of hormones. And so that's, that's where it was always my goal when, when I was in the affiliate to try to get people to stay for three weeks. If we could get people to, to be there for three weeks, then we could get them comfortable with what they were doing in the gym. Like every day is going to be something different. It's, every day can be a little bit intimidating, but if we can get you there for three weeks, then I'm confident we can keep you there for three months. And if we can get you there for three months, that's where you start to feel some of that magic. Um, it really won't take three months, but at three months, if we can keep you there, uh, and, and this goes really for any any good you know program that that is combining good movement with good nutrition and and good sleep habits, um, you that's where you really you you really will see the difference in you know what, what Kevin Gilmartin talks about in emotional survival for law enforcement is is your resilience and your ability to combat hypervigilance and the stressors that police officers are going to have to face um, in, uh, in their profession. I mean, they're unavoidable. You can't avoid them. So the, the best you can do is, is build a good plan to mitigate what those stresses can do and build yourself up so you can weather those storms when they get there um, and right. have a good, have a good reserve. Most definitely. And I can tell now, like, um, going back to my, uh, my, my frame of mind, but now if I skip like more than three days, I can feel myself getting back into that, you know, that bad, you know, headspace. It's like, no, I need to go to the gym. <laughs> I typically don't miss more than three days, but I can tell if it's been, you know, three, four days and I start, I can, I can feel it, you know, it's weird, but. Yep. Well, I could talk for hours about this <laughs> um, as you're as you're finding out what what advice would you have for for another officer that, you know, that maybe they find themselves overweight, um, maybe uncomfortable in their skin a little bit, but also nervous about trying to start a new program? I mean, what, what would be your advice to them? Go to cross start. Well, me typically, but go to try CrossFit, you can go, they even have like um, trials where you can go for a week and it don't cost you anything or find a friend that might, that might do it. And they have buddy days where you can go for one day and they, it don't cost you anything just to get the experience if you like it or not. Um, but me personally, it's, it's changed my life. I can say that, you know, um, thus far, you know, physically and mentally. I encourage anybody that that's interested in going to do it. Just show up. You don't have to be in shape to do CrossFit. <laughs> I say that a lot, but it's true, man. <laughs> so are you, are you talking about CrossFit all day long with your coworkers now in the office? Oh yeah. Everybody, family, <laughs> friends. Good job. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think I'm addicted to it. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, would, I, would, I would have started it younger, but. I did start, so I guess that, that's all that matters. Yeah. 
Well, you know, there's there's a lot of things in life where, you know, my dad used to say youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, as we get a little bit wiser, um, but, you know, that but I, that's important. Right. It's never too late to start. It does, you, we're all starting somewhere and, you know, we're all on our own path. So um, that's, you know, and again, that's and and I think that's a lot. It's something that keeps people away from regular gyms. You know, that's why people don't feel comfortable going into global gyms is because they do feel like they're being judged. And, and, um, and, and that's again, the one other thing is that I wanted to mention is that CrossFit gyms generally tend to cost a lot more than a regular gym membership. And, but this is what I like to tell people. If you, if you go to your regular global gym, it's I'm I'm not going to go so far as to say they don't care if you show up or not, but do they really care if you show up or not? If you sign a year long contract and you're paying 10, 20, 30 bucks a month, does anyone who's there to tell you or to, you know, is anyone calling you to tell you, Hey, you didn't show, you haven't been to the gym for three days. Where are you at? Um, you know, maybe if you sign up with a friend that, you know, that might be about the only accountability that you get, but you mentioned it, you're, you have this crew that you're working out with at 5 a.m. and you guys look forward to seeing each other and you, you know, you push each other, you encourage each other and you have a camaraderie and, and cross what we call that community. It's, it's every gym has its own little community and it's, uh, and it is an accountability uh, partner. So, uh, you know, people can, you can go to a bar and blow a hundred bucks, you know, you can go to <laughs> dinner and blow a hundred bucks. So, Skip one night at the bar, skip uh, or or more, um, and or cut out a couple of those you know paid subscriptions that you have on TV, and go find a hundred, hundred fifty bucks. Most most CrossFit gyms will do first responder discounts, um, right? Uh, you know, and and again, or or something similar to that type of environment where you're going to find that type of environment. And there there are other gyms out there now that are you know, kind of modeling some of that uh, orange theory, I think is another really good one for, for police officers because the programming and everything's done. A lot of that is a lot of what's done in there is, is low impact. Uh, there's good intensity in what you can do. So, um, but you just got to do it. Right. Right. Just like, right. just like the t-shirt says, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to um, a conference. I wanted to bring this up too, but, um, I went to a conference in San Antonio uh, for work, negotiations, crisis negotiations conference. Um, so I did a drop-in at um, Mission CrossFit over there. Um, I kind of did some research, you know, the the um, affiliates that's in that general area where the hotel I was staying. So I found this one and I showed up and man, they were like, they were awesome, man. Like, I, I didn't know none of these people, but they were just like so welcoming, welcoming and, um, Never seen these people before in my life. It was just, it was awesome. Just yeah, to I've, <laughs> I've actually been, I've actually been there. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I hit there when I was down uh, for the the first IACP Wellness Symposium was down in San Antonio before they moved it to Miami. I gotcha. um, so yeah, this is see now you've this is another CrossFit thing. Like now, now when you when you're traveling or when you're going oh, on yeah. vacation. <laughs> You're like, well, which hotel is closest to the to the CrossFit gym that I want to go to because that's where I'm going to book my room, right? Right. <laughs> or right. which where am I going to go work out while I'm 
while I'm there. That's, that's really cool. And it's, you know, that's the neat thing about there being, you know, close to 20,000 affiliates worldwide. Now it's almost anywhere you go. Uh, you can find it, you can find a gym and they're all there. I've never done a walk in anywhere where I didn't feel like I was welcome. And I've right. been, I've been at this for a long time. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Visit <laughs> well, Hey, we've been going for, for 90 minutes now. Um, oh, yeah. I really, I really do appreciate you sharing your story. Um, for, for those that have no idea what we're talking about, there is a magazine called the morning chalk up. And if you go to the morningchalkup.com, you can see, uh, just do a search on, on Corey Jocelyn, C-O-O-R-Y-J-O-S-H-L-I-N. And you'll see his story. And this is a story that I read um, that fired me up one day and I jumped on LinkedIn and hit up Corey because I want to <laughs> chat with him about it. Uh, because I always love seeing these kind of success stories where people, uh, and, and, and again, regardless of, of what they're doing, but when they, when they find something that's working that they're passionate about, uh, that we can share with others because that, that is really our mission, right? We want, we want to get people to, we want to start them healthy. We want to optimize them in that time in between while they're at work. And then, and then hopefully, uh, cast off into a long and, and happy retirement and not suffer the, uh, the debilitating illnesses or injuries that can be prevented from a lifestyle change and uh right. you're on you're on the path man you're on the appreciate path it. appreciate you having me yeah any uh any last uh tips hints or words of advice for someone that, that's thinking about jumping in just just show up just go so you gotta do <laughs> all you gotta do that's, oh, that's my all friend. i did it's just like uh johnny from uh point break all you gotta do is jump yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right well hey thanks again thanks everybody for listening um i think jump on the morning chalk up see that story uh if you got any questions hit me up um you can drop the notes in on youtube or spotify or anywhere else and uh, i'm happy or you can hit me up on linkedin uh patrick flanley on linkedin Coptimizer podcast I'm pretty much anywhere where social media is. So I'm, I'm happy to help until the next time we'll be 1042. The Coptimizer podcast is powered by performance protocol. Performance protocol brings professional executive coaching to police officers and administrators at all levels of the organization. Performance protocol has the blueprint that will operationalize organizational optimization. It is purpose-built for today's public safety employees to help them accomplish goals and live better. What is it? One-on-one video-based coaching with officers and leaders who have been in your shoes and know firsthand what it means to live and work in public safety. The program will connect you with certified coaches who combine their years of success in the world of law enforcement with world-class training from the cobble of performance protocol coaches. Get the support, resources, motivation you need to live the life you want. Performance protocol coaches are relatable, knowledgeable, and confidential. Most importantly, they get results. Why should the keys to unlocking our peak performance be reserved for just the boardroom or the playing field? Unleash your full potential today and get started with performance protocol. Remember, 
Performance is the goal. Protocol is the path. Log into www.performance-protocol and learn more about how to bring this program to your agency and community.